It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, welcome listeners to Art Fair Radio. This is Connie Mettler of ArtFairInsiders.com, a social networking site for artists, and I'm publisher of ArtFairCalendar.com, the place to find the nation's best art fair. Today's podcast was prompted by a question from a new artist who wanted to know if anyone was actually earning a living doing art fairs. So that is what we're going to talk about today. Is anyone here earning a living? This question is not only asked artists ask themselves and ask each other, but patrons often ask artists at the shows too. also. They can't quite believe that you can stand on a street corner on a weekend and actually earn an income. Let's see what today's guests have to say. We have three guests today um, from various levels of uh, the art fair business. And the first one I would like to introduce you to is Marge Luttrell. Marge has been working in collage since 1976. A former high school art teacher for 31 years, she's been working in encaustic for the last 11 years and has been exhibiting at the show since 2010. She also teaches classes around the country at places like Aramont and Penland to supplement her show income. Marge, I'm so glad you could make it today. How are you? I'm fine, Connie. It's nice to be here. Hi, everybody. We're so glad you could glad you could be here. I love it when we find people who are willing to step up and talk about their experiences who teach 2D, who are selling 2D at art fairs, because I think that is always a challenge. Another guest is Jill McConnell. Jill is a realist landscape painter from Atlanta, Georgia who received an MFA from the University of Georgia in 1988 and has made a living as an artist since then, first from mural painting and now art fairs. Hello, Jill. How are you? Hi. It's Jill McGannon. But <laughs> oh, Jill McGannon. Oh, my gosh, yes. How can you don't even recognize that? Uh, <laughs> it's been a crazy day. Hi, Jill McGannon. <laughs> So Jill, you were just telling me before um before we started here why you are doing art fairs and not what you used to be doing. Um well, after the recession in 2007, I just saw my income drop so dramatically. Um I had been first I was painting murals and then I had been really hot in the um print business for a company called Art in Motion. Um, and my big client was Bed Bath & Beyond. I was doing really well with that. And then it just all kind of went away. And so I thought, well, what I really want to do is just be an artist and paint whatever I want to paint and show it. And I wasn't making any money at my gallery, so I um, started doing some outdoor shows in 2010. And um, I've been doing it pretty much full-time since then. So what, the reason I wanted Jill to tell us that right off the bat is so many people who've been in the business for a long time left the shows when the recession started, but Jill has died yeah, like a reverse story. <laughs> so that, that. welcome. That's funny. Who knew? Who knew? And also, yeah. I would like to welcome Locke Tron, an artist who creates his own design and screen prints the designs onto T-shirts. As you may know, T-shirts have been exiled from art fairs, but Locke in the last 10 years has found plenty of other opportunities, wholesaling and retailing his work with constant revenue 
or rather consistent revenue in the six figures. Locke, thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Glad to be here. I am I'm looking forward to you telling us uh, more about other opportunities and, and or how you can take your art experience and expand it beyond the shows. So this is that's my Absolutely. team today. We've got Marge and Jill and Locke. So glad they couldn't. Okay. So um, um, let's start with you, Marge. So you have been working to earn a living at art fairs for about how long? About seven years now. About seven, 2010. And how many shows a year have are you doing these days? Well, last year I did the most I've ever done. I did 25, and I, I almost killed me. <laughs> wow. Um, but yeah, I I like to do about two two a month. Sometimes they overlap, and when they do, it's not easy. But you know, you get used to it, and you do it. So. How far have you traveled to do a show? Well, I've gone well, pretty much half the country. I haven't gone out to California, although I have kids in California. I should do that. But um, I haven't had a, a great car to use. I have a van, and I'm I'm ready to upscale my car, and then maybe I'll go farther than Chicago and Houston and um, Coconut Grove and up to New York City and things like that, pretty much the southeast and the midwest. Do a lot of shows in okay. Ohio and Indiana. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. what what are your price points? Um, well, to tell you the truth, it's kind of interesting because my real price points of my work that's my individual and caustic work is about from three fifty to thirty five hundred, um, and I've done pretty well with that. But I have a low line that is kind of a, an original and caustic line, and I have usually about a hundred small funny uh, quote pieces that I do and they're they run from 35 to 55 frames and they're kind of uh they're kind of my lifesaver they're kind of my backup plan if, if, if I'm at a show and it's not great I know I can make expenses and a bit more if I have those with me so it's kind of a uh, you know, a double-edged sword. It's kind of nice to have it, and maybe it takes away from my other work, but most people come in and see my other work anyway because it fills the, the pro panels in my booth. But um, but the small pieces just bring in people, and it makes people laugh. I kind of like the idea that somebody comes in my booth and laughs, you know? <laughs> and yes. It, it creates an open conversation, and you can go from there, and you meet great people and talk to all kinds of people. <laughs> Um, Tell so you do encaustic. Tell my listeners, please, what is encaustic? Well, encaustic is one of the almost the oldest art medium in the world. It's the oldest two D art medium. It's uh, beeswax, resin, and pigment, and it's fused together with heat. Each layer is melted to the layer below it, so it creates one solid piece of wax, and it um, and it's fused together, and um, it actually cures over time and it gets hard and it gets very shiny it's it's a painting medium some people use it as just a coating medium to photographs and things i i use it as a painting medium and it was i guess intended as a painting medium when i first started you can use it for lots of other things too but it causes texture and it's a great mixed media medium because it encapsulates everything and if you've ever done I did collage for many, many years and was always kind of frustrated that I never could, you know, get off the flat surface and also, um, you know, archival glue is kind of an oxymoron and uh-huh. <laughs> so it just doesn't right. stick. And, okay. So, this, this so is, okay, this so now great. I think we've got an idea kind of what it is. So it's a 2D medium. And, like, how big yeah, are your pieces? Big. You've got small pieces. I, I know that you've got, like, small 8 by 8 sort of things and then up to... I've sold a lot of my 60 by about 48 pieces, and that's about the size I can fit in my car right now. I would make bigger, but mm-hmm. I, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. But um, mm-hmm. I've I've done very, very well with my larger pieces, and I'm starting to work a lot larger now. And caustic is not like doing a painting large. It's it's a major endeavor. <laughs> it's a medium okay. that just, you know, kind of relates to smaller things instead of large, but I like to work large. 
Okay. All right. Uh, so that's a little bit about Marge. So, Jill, tell me, so you have been earn, working in the arts since 1988? Right. Right. And and very and some of the things you've done, or gallery, tell me some of the things you've done. Okay. Well, I started off as a faux finish and mural painter. Um, I moved to Chicago right after I got my degree, and uh, faux finishing and mural painting was big, so I started a little business doing that, and um, I did it for 10 years, and um, towards the end, I had about 15 employees, and we painted a lot of restaurants, and I would uh-huh. do the mural, and I would have everybody else do the photo finishes. I did a lot of crackle varnish and Italian restaurants and, um, you know, that type of thing. I had been to Italy twice um, as a student, and so I was really into Italian landscapes and, um you know, the aged look and all that. So, so yeah, I did that for a while, and then I um, moved back to Atlanta and got married and um, continued painting murals for a while longer. Um, but I started, I had been showing in galleries in Chicago, but um, I kind of started doing better with that when I got to Atlanta. Um, and it went well till about 2007, and then I just, after that there was just nothing going on. For me, <laughs> nothing going on, so you decided to go to art fairs. At least there were people there, right? Yeah. They were maybe not in the galleries, but they were there. So, um, so you have been doing art fairs for about how long? Uh, about six years. Although I had about done six a couple mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. ten years ago, but yeah, mm-hmm. but I, I only do six shows a year, and um, uh-huh. It's funny because I know most of the people I know that really make a good living at it do 20-plus shows a year like Marge does. And mm-hmm. I'm kind of working my way up to try to do a few more shows. But um, I had some health problems. I had some bad allergies. And I just didn't feel strong enough to do that many. So I'm kind of just doing as many as I can. But I also I paint full-time, and so... Um, even though I don't do that many shows, when I go, I find that if I bring almost all new work that, you know, it just flies off the walls and I don't need to do as many shows. No, so, that's, that's perfect. It keeps the expenses yeah, down that way. Right. Yeah. How how far have you traveled to do a show? Um, Not that far. I'm in Atlanta, and the farthest I've done, I guess, was St. Pete. I did Mainsail three years mm-hmm. ago. And, you know, okay. it's so hit and miss because I've tried to get in mainsail um, the last two years because I had a great show there and um, wasn't I haven't been able to get back in. So I'm actually, one of the big things I'm working on right now is trying to take a better booth shot. So I, um, I read, I spent about an hour on your website and um, I, you know, followed links and read a bunch of stuff and I'm going to set my tent up out front and I'm going to, you know, do a really good boot shot and try to really make sure it's in sharp focus and um, mostly There's showing the There's a lot the of information and, there about the boot yeah. shots. There definitely is. What kind of price points are you working in? Um, I guess my cheapest stuff is like 250 for a 9 by 12 original oil painting and then going up to about 4000 for um you know, like a 30 by 40 or um, 36 by 48, like around that range. And I also and I have print because, you know, I mentioned I've worked with a print company for a long time and I'm still under contract with them. And so I do have some prints, but my work, um, you know, is real fine art oriented. It's, you know, realistic landscape. So, um, I don't know. I just don't do very well with the prints. I bring them and... Uh, recently, I've been uh, framing them um, and putting um, Mod Podge on the print. Like, I've been uh-huh. gluing it to gator board and then Mod Podging it and then framing it and charging more. And I'll see how that goes. Um, because just selling them um, shrink wrapped, I just wasn't really getting anywhere with my prints. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, yeah. Well, okay. So Luck, Luck has a very interesting story. Luck, tell us a little bit about you and your your designs. 
Sure, sure, I'll, I'll do that. Uh, first, if I could add something, um, Jill and Marge, I've, I've checked out both your websites, and I'm a big fan. I think you, you both do great work. Um, but um, a little bit about myself, I uh, have an art background. I uh, finished school at Ohio State in art, and I uh, told my parents, I'm, I want to move from Ohio to uh, California somewhere. So back in um, the early 90s, I moved uh, to California, worked at the tech companies for 10 years until the Internet bust. Um, probably around 2000, <laughs> and then um, I, I I sold. Well, fortunately, I sold my condo and made some profit there, and then uh, moved back to Ohio and uh, started a promotional products business just because I had some um, um, business background, and um, and that was great and all. And then around 2004, in the promotional products business, you're it's it's kind of like feast or famine. It's when you have the business, but let's say you, you get a couple of big clients and then um, they don't have anything for you, and so there's a big lull. So during that lull, um, around 2006, I decided that, hey, I have an art background. I should try to sell something. So um, I had a one-color uh, screen press, uh, threw some T-shirts on there, uh, did a couple of designs, put it online, and they sold right away continued doing that and so basically I fell into the t-shirt business by accident and then uh, every step of the way led to another step I went to the uh, uh, took my dogs to the vet and my vet said oh you should go try to sell your t-shirts at a dog show and then I go to the dog show and they said oh you should wholesale these t-shirts and so I go to my whole first wholesale show in 2006 and they said oh well I picked up like 15 uh, wholesale customers and so my first full year, 2007, I did, like, 15 shows. Like, I just randomly picked 15 shows, what people thought I should do. I just did them all. And at that time, they were so lucrative that I, I totally didn't even have any idea what I was getting myself into, that every show gross revenue was, like, above $5,000. And it was a continuing um, all through that year to where my uh, final show for 2007, I drove all the way to California and did the national dog show in Long Beach. <laughs> and I had no idea. And at this time, I had already brought, uh, bought like a brand new cargo van. I was like, I was making money left and right, but I was also spending money left and right, trying to grow the business and, and growing every uh, different direction. But that show... Um, grossed like well over $10,000 and it just kind of led into um, everything else after that with um, doing more shows and then doing more wholesale and then having an online presence and it's kind of got me to this point. Oh, wow. That's so... <laughs> and I know that the teachers to... are not... Yeah, go on. Uh, I was trying to condense everything. The, but the T-shirts are typically it's um or the price point is about twenty dollars. Um, you know when you are in that that position, you obviously don't want to just sell one T-shirt. You want to sell multiple. So you kind of uh, change the price points to where the more someone's going to buy, the cheaper that uh, each per each becomes. So my average sale is probably around fifty dollars. So people are picking up mm-hmm. two uh, T-shirts plus some magnets, some stickers, and and, and whatnot. Um, but with that, by doing those um, um, shows, I probably consistently do 15 to 20 a year, so what, times the last 10 years. And then um, I have a pretty strong um, wholesale presence. I probably have 200 stores around the U.S. And then um, I, I have, a, you know, I, I have, like, my online website as well. Tell tell us so uh, people so that people who are listening can go check out your website right now. What is your your URL for your website? Sure, it's uh, www.dogandfrog.com. D-O-G, letter N and F-R-O-G dot com. Dogandfrog.com. Okay. Yeah. So here we are. Okay, that's I've been to your site and I'm I'm sure I recognize your work. I've I've seen it places. So you do a combination of wholesale and retail and online. Right. Okay. Yeah. And 
this is this is kind of the theme that I find for artists that we all have different ways that we're supporting ourselves and we are able to earn a living. So Mark, let's go back to you. So you are um I know that the person who actually who wanted me to do this podcast was a, a young person and she was really concerned how could anybody ever get started in this business. Oh, I know Allison Thomas ch- chimed in at Art Fair Insiders and she her advice was Start doing art festivals before you get married and have to worry about providing for someone else. <laughs> start before well, you get a mortgage. Yeah, well, start when I, you're I, still I, doing I festivals that. out of your car, right? I mean, this that this is some really down-to-earth advice about uh, taking care of what's right in front of you, getting down to the bottom line. So, so Marge, do you, do you have... Um, you might have, do you have um some kind of a pension well i have I just started about four months ago pulling social security, which is nice, you know, but I don't oh. have a pension no mm-hmm. okay no, I was so at a you small school you're at a small school okay so that's that's and do you have a partner who has an income um yes, he's a photographer, and um I just ah. wanted to tell Jill just on the side. Um, he is a fabulous photographer, studied with Ansel Adams and knew everybody in the, in the day. But um, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Juries are fickle, and they're going to pick who they want. And I, I ha- he puts all the lights, and I probably have some of the best photographs out there. And I get into great shows like Old Town and, and Winter Park, but then the next year I don't get into them. So I don't know. I don't think – I think good pictures okay. are great. But not necessary totally if, if the work is good. So, you know, okay. <laughs> that is that. That's that's true. There, there, there are so many vagaries that mm-hmm. um, all of that, and that's why we have many, many posts. If you ever have questions about getting into the shows, there's so many answers and so many still oh, no. just as many questions at Art Fair Insiders that it's just. It's it's just part of the whole creative life, right? Yeah. That's that's and also so, just looking at the mm-hmm. medium that you do, which really helps a lot because you know if you're if you're looking at a jeweler and they're doing great at a show, sometimes it's not a show for two D. So you have to really mm-hmm. really do your homework about the shows you go to. I find I know, and then you well, kind of you kind of hate to ask. Um, people who do work really similar to yours, what's your best show? Because next thing you know, you're going to be competing with them at that show, and they'll think, oh, I wish I hadn't mentioned that show to her. Yeah, but as a 2D artist, really, your work is going to be different than anybody else's out there, and I don't think that's the last thing I worry about. I mean, I go out and I teach all over the country, and I give every secret I have away, and I feel like it just gets back to you in positive things it doesn't you know i don't think i ever worry about telling somebody if i'm going to show or not you know yeah i i think so. it's also always a spur if you find someone who is copying you or following you it makes you work harder it makes you grow yeah, I it's think a, so it's, too. It's, yeah the co- competition is is you know i i'm really getting tired of working harder all the time but guess what if you don't what happens you know that's <laughs> That's kind of that's right. So, um, and Jill, then, so now you you have a a child, so you can't travel quite as much, right? And, and your right. husband that's, is also yeah. an artist. Mm-hmm. My husband's also an artist. We met because we were both figurative painters um, back in Chicago in the mid nineties, and um, he also was doing art restoration for works on paper. And so he's a fine art conservator, and he worked for a big company in Chicago. But when we moved to Atlanta, there was just literally no one for him him to work for. So um, he started his own business, and he's done really well with it. He's, you know, really happy that there wasn't anyone for him to work for here. So um, that's been great, but, you know, he still paints all the time. And um, like me, he hasn't really been... Uh, making much in the galleries uh, lately. So um, about a year and a half ago, I guess, I asked him if he would start coming with me to do the out, 
out-of-town shows that I'm doing. And so he and my daughter, who's um, 13 and a half, um, both came with me this year when, when I did uh, Savannah, Bluffton, St. Simons. Um, and I think there was one other. But anyway, um, it was really fun having them there. And he kind of got interested in trying to do a show himself we figured, you know, if he's going to come with me, he may as well show too. So uh, he's kind of working up a body of work now. He does figurative work, um, which I think is a little harder to sell than landscapes. And part of why I switched. But um, Uh he's really good. So anyway, we're going to try it. He's going to, we're going to both apply to Chastain Park in Atlanta together and hope we both get in. And then if he likes it, then we're going to, you know, keep doing some more out-of-town shows. And, you know, I think probably we'll just take Annabelle out of school, you know, for the two days, like Friday and Monday, um, and just bring her with us most of the time. Mm-hmm. So it does okay. make it a little more complicated. But she's also well, to the age that um, she could stay with a friend and be really comfortable doing that. Yes, well, there that that's that's true, and then that's a great thing for the kids. I I know I know many second generation kids who are grew up going to the art fairs with their parents, and now they're doing shows. So there is something to be said for that. I had someone reply to me earlier, and he said, "Well, why do you think there are so many shows? Of course, we're making a living, or else we wouldn't be there, right?" I mean that's that's the thing. These these shows would be gone. Yes, people are complaining they're not making much money, but you know what? They're they're showing up again and again. I just looked at the list of the shows of the people who are doing the Des Moines Arts Festival where they just announced their accepted artists this week. And I recognize many of those names. I've been in the business a long time and I know those people and they are people who've been at it a long time, and they don't have other income, and they haven't. They've just been at it a long time. So here's, yeah. Mark, when, when, mm -hmm. yes. sorry. This is Marge, and I just wanted to say that I've done this for seven years, and it's been a buildup, but this year I made far more than I ever made when I was a teacher. And so I think that's kind of hopeful for a lot of people out there because you think that you need a nine-to-five job to make a living as an artist, especially because I was a high school art teacher. And um, this year, I don't know what I don't know how I've got magic, but Jill, don't discourage because it'll get there. You, you know, it. I mean, yeah. I, I don't want to put a number on it, but I, you'd be amazed. I, I was amazed I, when I got my square thing and and I realized how much I had 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 made for the year so it was kind of nice right that's and, awesome yeah i've had some really great shows and i've had some bad shows but you know it kind of works out kind of averages out and um i don't know i just like being i like the freedom to be able to paint whatever i want to paint take it wherever i want to take it which is usually where i painted it because that's where it seems to sell best you know and do whatever i want to do when i want to do it that's what i like about it Right. My when we did shows, my husband was a photographer, and he had that that same thing. He just wanted to shoot what he wanted to shoot. And professional photographers, contract photographers, all kinds of people would stop in the booth and say, "I wish I could shoot whatever I wanted to shoot." Right. That's that's the <laughs> right. one of the ideals there. I wish I wish mm-hmm. I didn't have to do these seniors. I wish I didn't have to please this client. I wish I didn't. So what do you do? You, so you lose the clients, and then what happens, Locke? You lose the clients, and then what do you do? You go out and do what you want to do. Yes, right. You you find some you find the you find the new place, the place for you. It's not this is not going to work for everyone. It's if you need right. uh, something that you rely on, then you can't. So, um, so Locke, do, do you have um, so do you have people who work for you? I I, uh, I used to have some part time help. I used to have I had an office for five years, but uh, realized that I was paying a thousand dollars a month to for it to be empty <laughs> for the most part. Um, and then uh-huh. when I did have part time people, it would take you know it might take somebody a full eight hours to fill out orders to send out orders where it would just take me two hours. So um, you know I, I found out the hard way that it was just easier 
to not have to have all the overhead to even if you were a little bit smaller just to you know, after five years and when my lease was up, I just brought the business back into the house. I'm actually considering opening up uh, like a flagship retail store um, in, in maybe the next eight, 12 to 18 months uh, possibly. Um, I'm going to do some research uh, for that. But, um, yeah, I mean, um, that's kind of where I am with it. But uh, to get back to some of your questions, um, when I started – Doing this, um, you know, we we raised two girls. There are only seven and nine currently while I was doing this. And my wife is actually a graphic designer as well. Um, but she works for a hospital group. So um, that did cover our health insurance, which obviously is important for, for uh, a young family. And um, so we're all, I mean, the girls fortunately like uh, to draw and they like to so we're all kind of in the same boat in terms of, um, um, you know, liking art and going to events. And um, and so although I, I am not technically an art fair artist, um, we I, I a lot of what I do goes in parallel with that um, that art fair artist lifestyle. So one of the things though that that you have done, and which I think a lot of people are interested in, is you go you do some specialty shows that around t- talk talk about how you how that happened I mean, you don't the, just, uh, you don't just go to a regular just like don't go to the county fair you seek markets that meet your work right right well i mean um you know although i have dogs um and i i never actually thought to my you know, I, I never grew up thinking, oh, I'm just going to draw dogs or but just kind of I have a certain uh, design aesthetic that when I started doing dogs, when I first started doing things, um, selling my uh, designs online, uh, dog people really kind of uh, really got it and, and grasped, grasped the, the design style. And what I found out is, I mean – Pet people are crazy, <laughs> more so than, than, I mean, if you obviously own a dog, you, you're probably aware of that already, but it is a huge market. I mean, you're not going to wear a T-shirt with a picture of your kid on your shirt, but you will definitely <laughs> wear a T-shirt with a picture of your dog or your cat on your shirt. So back in the day, it was just like a, a photograph of a cat's face with maybe its profile but now it is like the catchy phrases and um, different, more clever designs. And I feel like when I started back in uh, 2006, it was just taking off. But now it's pretty uh, prevalent that all the design styles are out there. But in terms of the different shows that I do, I do veterinary conferences. Um, I do uh, like grooming expos. Um, very niche, very uh, directed to my ideal clientele um, to where, you know, these people work with pets on a daily basis. They want something fun and clever and and, and um, attractive. So that's kind of where I get the most uh, best bang for my buck. And then those places and then also the pet boutiques, they'll, they'll buy my uh, design wholesale and then they'll resell them to their customers. So it, it, I don't have to do all the work, which is, um, you know, when I compare what I do to what uh, art fair artists do, I, I think you guys have it way harder than, than I do, which is part of the reason why I haven't kind of jumped into that yet is because, um, you know, certain, certain how you – um, apply to shows and versus how I apply to shows, it's totally, it's much easier on this side than it is uh, on your side. Um, but in terms of being able to, um, you know, reproduce your work, you know, obviously on, on what I do, um, there's there's definitely a stronger commercial side to it. It's not as organic, I guess you can say, um, as, as what you guys do. But um, certainly there are similarities um, and you know from a business I mean from a business standpoint I think um, 
being able to sell to um, different groups is really important. To be able to have uh, many different uh, revenue streams is also important. You know, like what uh, Connie had mentioned, having um, wholesale, having retail, having an online presence, all I think um, kind of come into play because, I mean, there's nothing worse than, than going to a show and then coming back and getting a zero, whether, you know, because it rained too much or it was just a terrible crowd or you picked the wrong show. But if, if that happened to me, and, and it has happened to me, at least if I came back uh, to the office and I see two wholesale orders sitting there. So it kind of makes up for not having right. revenue that week. That's that's exactly that's that's really important that you come home for that. So the other part is okay. So sometimes, um, like um, Marge, have you ever had like a zero or you've had have you had shows where you didn't make your expenses? Oh um, yeah, I especially when I started. And what I do you say I, to yourself when that happens? Uh, can I, I can't say it on air, Connie. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not censoring. <laughs> okay, well, uh, yeah, it, it's bad and it feels terrible, and you know, you just and I, it's the same way also when you apply to these shows, and all of a sudden, and sometimes it happens. I think it happens to us more than even a bad show that you get three dejections in a row of shows that you made two two or three years in a row and all of a sudden you didn't get in and you're going, what am I doing now that I wasn't doing then? And so, you know, those are all things you have to bounce back from. I think this is, you have to be incredibly resilient to do this this work. And you can't, you got, it's almost like trying out for parts in a movie or something. You have to just you don't get it, you go to the next one. But I've done shows where I came home with $300 and went, whoa. I, it happened to me just this past fall. I, uh, it, uh, uh, it just rained at one show really bad, and there was nobody there, and it just, you know, canceled everything out. So it happens. It's part of what you, you know, what you deal with. So, okay, so, okay, so what... So, um, Jill, what would you say is – oh, no, just a minute. I have to stop for a commercial. I always forget to do this. I get so interested in the conversation. I'm This is Connie Mettler, and I'm broadcasting from artfairinsiders.com. This is how we teach each other how to earn a living at the art fairs, right? I am speaking to three artists today. One of them is Marge Luttrell, who has been an, a teacher and, and an artist for – over 31 years, and she works in, a, in caustic. Jill McGannon, who is a landscape painter from Atlanta, Georgia, who has been also in the art field since the 1980s, and is, she is a painter. And Lactron, who is not at the art fairs, but who has developed another way of expanding his art career by his special designs, especially about animals, and he's got a cool website, doginpond.com. Um, I do have a few. I do have a few people who have been listening here, and I tell. I have a little problem. I, on my website it says, "Click to listen," but sometimes they call in. So I, there are two people who have been waiting for a long time. I'm gonna. I'm gonna click into your phone numbers right now. Someone's coming from the 949 area code. If you have a question, please let me know. The 949 area code. Do you have a question for my panel? Hello. Hello. 949 area code, are you there? No questions. Okay, done. All right. How about there's someone yes, just calling I, I, in from... I'm so sorry. I had you muted. <laughs> Aha, 949. Okay, what did... Hi. You yes, have a question for us? Yes, I was muted, us? and I figured, I figured out I needed to dial the phone number, so I have been on the whole time. Yes. Did you have a question? Yes, so thank you. No, I don't have any questions yet. <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you. All right. I've thank got you. – um, you're welcome. There is um, a, a caller from the 847 area code. Do you have a question or a comment? Yes. Can you, can you hear me? I can. Hello. Can you hear – okay. Yes. Well, I was just wondering uh, – I'm new to doing the art fairs as well, even though I've been an artist for a long time. 
can anybody just give a ballpark? I know nobody wants to talk about money, but like, what would be a ballpark? Like, would you think that you'd be um, successful at a show? Like, or like how much? I don't know. I just I can't figure out when people say, "Well, can you make a living?" Like, what are we talking about in terms of how much? Um, mean? What are we? Well, Tony, okay. I, can I answer that? This is Marge. Um, sure, Marge. I, go on. I think mm-hmm. it happens. Average show for me is between three and four thousand, and I'm selling 2D work, which is all individual. There's no copies of anything, so I have to look at it that way. And then a good show is from like seven to ten, and I've had some of each, you know. And hopefully, a bad show is about between a thousand and fifteen hundred and less or mm-hmm. more. But yeah, mine's about, about the, the same, Mars. Mm-hmm. This is Jill. This is a very high overhead business. The overhead is very high. There are a lot of expenses. Um, I much prefer consulting with art fairs to doing art fairs anymore because it is so (laughs) little much out of pocket. The good thing Mm -hmm. about, uh, one of the things about uh, doing this as a living, I always thought if you've got smart kids and they do well in school, they're going to be able to go to college with a lot of financial aid because your income, your net income, your taxable income is so low. So yeah. well, that's, 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 that didn't work I, for me when my kids <laughs> Yes, right. So, so um, Locke, would you have a, what, what would you say would be a, a decent income for a weekend? I mean, I would say it's pretty similar to what Marge uh, said. Um, you know, uh, one of the, the the minuses of the shows that I do versus art fairs, like I'm, I'm actually doing one this weekend. I'm, I'm actually flying to Orlando uh, to do a, a vet conference, and the booth on that show is thirty-seven fifty. Um, so Ooh, it's almost wow. a $4,000 show. Um, but you know, I'm at the point where, like, this first show, because it's actually going to be my first show of the year, and when I said my big shipment, it was actually shipping the shirts to that show. So it wasn't actually shipping the shirts to a, a, a customer, but I should be selling most of those shirts. But this first show, I, I will probably do $10,000, um, but uh, that $10,000 is already spent for inventory of a future show. So I'll really kind of uh, make a profit of maybe $2,000 on it. But normally, um, you know, if I if I do, like, say, $7,000, $8,000, I can usually net um, three to $4,000 from that. So um, and that, in turn, because I do what I do, um, also produces um, indirect revenue from potential – um, orders from organizations that say, hey, I like your design, throw my logo on the back, and we'll order 300 of those shorts. shirts. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, That's for what I do, I have to do volume. Um, so um, while it's only $20 a shirt, you know, I have to sell in the thousand before it's worth it for me to actually do a show. But I've done small retail shows where I go around here um, where I make a couple thousand dollars, but depending on what my expenses are, I hope to make you know fifteen hundred dollars for like like two or three days. Like uh, uh, Connie, you might be familiar with Frankenmuth has a like a dog bowl. It's a dog event, um, and I, I've gone up there for like the last two years. And I'll, I'll make a couple thousand dollars for, and it's a fun place, and it's a couple of days. So I think two thousand dollars to net. For a weekend, I bring the girls with me. So yeah, I mean, I think that that's worth it for me. So there are, there, we definitely need the dollars because we need to pay the bills. But we're willing to give up some of the security because there are other good things that happen around the events. We already talked about the ability mm-hmm. to create your own work. And it sounds like Locke gets to take his children and and enjoy interesting events. Go on, Jill. That was you, Jill? Yes. Mm -hmm. I wanted to add something. Um, I mean, like Mars, I I think a decent show is 3,000, and 
I did have a show last year where I made 12000 but I also had a show that I made zero, <laughs> which mm-hmm. I never thought I could go back to zero after doing it for six <laughs> years, but I did. But um, I also got a prize at that show, and it paid for the hotel, so what the heck. Oh, nice. And, yeah. But um, one thing I was going to say is um, one reason I can get away with only doing six shows is I get a lot of commission work, and right now I have – um, seven commissions lined up for the winter, and two of them are really good portrait commissions um, for 30 by 40 portraits, and I charge 4800 for those. And so they're for a, um, a founder and the current president for a private school. So, I mean, that really gives me, like, a good punch to get through the winter without any shows. And I also do a okay. lot of... Um, landscape commissions a lot of times people come to the show and they say i really like your work you know this is what i'm looking for something this size and you know maybe the color's not quite right or whatever and because of my background in mural painting i'm pretty easy to work with on that level and i'll go ahead and um if it's something that's really similar to what i paint anyway then i'll just do the painting and if they like it they can buy it um, okay, so you know, something that, here's what I'm hearing from the three of you. You have, it is not just the fairs. Marge, you also teach quite a bit besides doing yeah, the shows, right? Right? Fact, Jill has, does commission work as well as the show. And I also teach, I also uh-huh. teach a little bit. Mm-hmm. So this is another way, of course, that someone... You can earn a living. It doesn't mean you only do shows. Some people no. it is, but it, you can take those skills and your own spirit and make other things happen. So exactly. I'm I'm gonna we're we let's see. I'd like to know how do you um what what is the most challenging thing about the lifestyle, Marge? Um. Challenging. Oh my gosh, that's a that's a loaded question. Um, I you know it, don't it, swear it, this gypsy. time. Okay, okay, I promise. <laughs> um, it's kind of a gypsy, and and you better love it or all of it. You better love all of it because if you don't, it's 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 a lot of work and it'll get really hard. And before you know it, you won't like it much. I'm 66 and I do most of the shows myself. My husband has his business at home, and um, he did a couple of shows and really just didn't like selling art, and I love it. I mean, it's kind of uh, it's kind of a lifeblood kind of thing. You either love it or hate it because you got to stand there and sell your soul. It's all out on the walls in front of you, and, um, and especially if you're doing 2D, which is all individual work. I mean, it's, it really is out there. Um, but I love to travel. I'm a crazy traveler, and um, even when I started in 2010, I went over and lived in Switzerland for a while, and next fall I have the opportunity to go to Yangon, Myanmar for four months, and I might just do that and take a break from shows and then come back to it if I if I can do that. And um, I just think, you know, shows are, are wonderful, though. I mean, you get to go in your studio and be a hermit and hunker down and do your art, and then you have to talk to somebody for three days and it's, it's a crazy life, but I don't know. It fits my personality perfectly. I really love it. And I love the fact that when people buy something from you right then and there, unlike when you were in a a gallery, they fall in love with it right in front of your eyes. And that's, that's unbeatable. I mean, there's something absolutely wonderful about the physical, visceral presence of somebody that really falls in love with your work and um i don't know i get a lot back from that so that's why i keep doing mm-hmm. it so so I, when I, when I have been in i i met marge once and i was in her booth and of course she it does have a personality that makes you want to be there but Hi, I, when I when when we did shows, we didn't have anything near thirty five hundred dollars. How do you how do you get so that you are feel bold enough to and and Jill also to f- charge prices that that high? How did you make that choice? Because you could have done just lots of little things. Well, how did you make that choice? Um. Well, uh, as the as the 
is this my question? Um, this is Marge. This is Marge. This is Marge. question. Okay. Um, when I started, I kind of did it according to size. I mean, I know people do it by square inch and all that kind of stuff. And where I started and when I started, I didn't do anything probably bigger than 24 by 24. And now most of my work is bigger than 24 by 24. So as oh, time because gone, why, is it, why is it bigger? Tell, why is it bigger? <laughs> because people like bigger. They do. They want something over go. that's going to be a statement piece. And it's a funny thing. It, there was a time when people liked small collections of art, but now it seems that people want one big statement piece, and that's it. I don't know. That's just me. That's what I've seen this past year. Um, okay. What, so what do you say about that, Jill? Jill, what, yeah, what, what do you um, say about that? I agree. I think people are looking for big work. And um, I was actually lowering my prices when I started doing art fairs because I came from showing in a really nice gallery in Atlanta. And it just maybe wasn't quite the right gallery for me, but – um, he, I did have some really successful shows back in '05, '06, and '07, and so you know I've been making a living as an artist for a long time. So I'm really confident about my pricing. I don't feel like they're inflated, and I feel like I'm giving people a good mm-hmm. deal. And so um, this is not you know, one I, of the things about this market is it's not about how much things cost, is it? It is not walking and look at the next person's booth and saying, oh, my things are cheaper. This is more about feeling confident, mm-hmm. thinking about the market, and feeling it out, which I think a lot of maturity. Yeah. None, of, none of us are really young here. Well, maybe Locke. I haven't met, I haven't met Locke. But there, you, know, there, <laughs> you, you, you look at you, there's a maturity and a belief. It's not about... Bargain basement. These are not bargain basement people. They're not going to be at an art fair because there are, someone said at an art fair once, I heard them walking down the aisle and they said, there aren't any deals here. Right, <laughs> right? <laughs> this is not this is not bargain well, shopping. Well, if they want a deal, okay. they want a deal, they buy a print because, you know, that's that, Well, then you, there you go. Right. I've got three people on on hold right now. I'm going to give them a try again and see if we get a couple of other questions in. I'm call I'm clicking in for the somebody from the 970 area code. Are you there? Do you have a question? Hi, for can us? you guys hear? Yes. Hi, this is Kelly Cassidy, Connie. Oh, um, hi, Kelly. Yeah, How you doing? Hi. So I I'm listening to this and it sounds so interesting. I grew up in art fairs. I'm one of those that. You were saying, like, there are some people who are second generation, and that's the case for me. I'm 37, and I've been doing this on my own since I was 19. And there are certain things that I've noticed that people who do do this full-time, if you want to make a living doing solely doing the art shows, I notice there are certain things that you really need to, to have in order to make that happen. And some of them are are going to be very down to earth. And, you know, I'm going to tell you straight out, if you have a small young family, that that's one thing that I found that is obviously a very big deterrent. Another thing is to have smaller items as well as large. And I noticed a lot of people who do the most success have the ability to take commissions and make it very well known that they're able to do this for their customers. Have like a small sign out or, something that lets them know that they do take commissions. Um, Other things are to have a helper. I've been doing this on my own, and having a helper makes it just emotionally and physically better because you are so drained at the end of of the weekend. Um, And doing a lot of research beforehand. There are some people that just go to art show, to art show, to art show, just to get as many in as they possibly can. And I don't think that's the way to go. You've got to do your research and choose the right ones or else money is going out the window. Um, and also using a mailing list when you have a mailing list in your booth and making use of it and letting customers in the area know that you're going to be there and follow up with customers who have some interest. Um, and an outstanding booth, an absolutely outstanding booth sells. It really does sell. And the last thing, keeping prices consistent and never, ever, ever discounting. You don't want to be at those shows that say, there are no deals here. <laughs> this mm-hmm. is not the show to be in. <laughs> that's, that's right. Okay. That's, that, that's all good information. And my, my favorite one that you kind of touched on is 
I don't understand why people don't have websites. Maybe you're not going to sell from them, but you're going to have something so people can go and think about you when they maybe they weren't ready to buy and they were so surprised. And if you don't have an online presence, you need yep. you need to do that. And if you could just skip one of those shows that you're just talking about, Kelly, going from show to show, take one of those weekends off and spend it on a WordPress site, building a site. It's easy. I built one myself just with typing and uploading photos. You can do it. I even made a business yep. out of it, for God's sake. You can do it so make sure make sure you make sure you have a website and that's right the mailing list is what i is called as an artist retirement plan you have those people you got to keep them thank you so much kelly i got a couple other people who have been waiting i'm going to give them a try let's see i'm calling checking in somebody from the 949 area code do you have something to add 949 uh, no, it's no. just me again, and I already just spoke. Just you again. Thank okay, you, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Uh, and how about from the 314 area code? Is there somebody there who wants to talk to us? you have a question? Yes. 314. Hi. Yes. Hi. Yes. Hi. I'm, I'm Allison Bringer. I would like some information. I think you guys kind of touched on it a little. You just started touching on it a little. Online presence when you were speaking of a website. But how much of you guys do social media? Does that kind of tie into your marketing plan, branding, trying to get people, especially I want to start doing shows outside of my area. I'm in the St. Louis area, and I know as I start doing more shows in my area, I don't want to oversaturate my market. I'm in jewelry, mixed media, art jewelry. And I want to kind of venture away from, you know, in different areas, but I'm trying to figure a way to market myself so as I go to these other areas, they at least have an idea of who I am. Um, let me let me give you some in, information. First of all, I know people that pretty much sell over Instagram constantly and do great. I mean, it's a great way to just pop up something that you've done, some piece of jewelry or something that you have. And um, also, every time I do a show, I I have a Facebook page that I, I blast it out to all the people I know, and I get everybody's email that at a show. I don't get a mailing list. I get emails. So I just blast mm-hmm. it out, and then I boost it. So I boost it to people I think might be interested in my work and <laughs> investment bankers, all kinds of people. I mean, you know, <laughs> I'd like to think investment bankers would be interested in my work. But <laughs> the thing is, <laughs> I, I, you know, I spend about $30 on top of things, just trying to boost it on Facebook. I also have an Etsy store. Um, you know, I, I, I have a big website, and I, I'm always posting on my website, and um, and the Instagram is in, invaluable, really, really good. So that's where I, I When go. I was at the... I was at the Arts Festival Conference this fall in Houston, and they someone gave a presentation on Instagram and how you can sell your work with Instagram. It sounds wonderful. Yeah. I've got her lined up to do a, post, a podcast hopefully in the next few months. Instagram seems Ooh. to be one of those great places. Okay, that's it oh, for I now. I'm sorry. We're, we're out of time. We're out of time. Ah. I'm sorry, I'm well, sorry guys. You. We've got so wow. This could go on forever. But one of the things, okay, Cindy Welch says, Young people, when you get into this, stay or get debt-free. Debt will hinder you as long as it's around. Be smart. Don't let it debt get in your way. Keep your bills paid up. Okay. Thank you to my guests, Marge Luttrell, Jill McGannon, and Locke Tran. We're going to be posting this info from the broadcast at com, and we welcome your comments there. You can always download our free podcast at iTunes in the podcast section and subscribe to it. We have more interesting shows in the works with some of the nation's top show directors and artists. Our next podcast, I'm going to be talking to two show directors. One of them is reviving a popular art fair in Nashville this spring, and the other is starting a brand-new event in Louisville along the Ohio River this fall. Those should be really good, informative shows, and we're all always looking for something new. So, till the next time, visit ArtFairInsiders.com. Tell your friends about us. Like us on Facebook. Go out, create, and make money. Thank you so much, everybody. Thank you, Marge and Jill and Locke and everybody who called in. Appreciate it so much. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.